the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black in Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Talking money, finances, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Anything that you want to talk about? We can talk about. We can talk about markets. We can talk about some of the recent activity that we've seen. Thursday's session ended up being a push on Wall Street. Look, these are not. Ex- this is not an exciting year on the stock market. But the last six have been, and this is not a down year, so that's kind of good. Are we going to reset and move higher, or are we going sideways forever, or are we going to go sideways and crack lower? I think now is an interesting time because we know the Federal Open Market Committee, the Federal Reserve, the bankers of the United States are looking at doing something in the very near future, and I think that's going to upset things. Um just change. You know how you're used to sleeping in on Saturday till 8? kind of throws your day if you sleep in until 10. And it really ruins your day if you get up at 6. Same thing happens on Wall Street. Wall Street does not like change. So Thursday was a little bit of a push. The bulls, the people who think the market should go higher, they battled back to get the S&P 500 where it started by the end of the day. There's a little fight in the market. Um, and that's nice to see. You know, some days you open a little lower and you work back higher. That's fine. That's fine. I'm with it. Um, you know, a little further commentary here. Uh, disappointing earnings report from ExxonMobil, which fell shy of analyst expectations on a 33% decline in revenue. Now, you hear me all the time say that Wall Street is, you know, companies. Companies are people. So if you brought home 33% fewer dollars this year than last year, your spouse would be disappointed with you probably, right? Same thing with Wall Street. Market's disappointed. Oil giant's weakness is going to be a drag on the broader market given its heavy weighting, the S&P 500 energy sector. Uh, they say, they say, Exxon says, our numbers are fine. Another big hangout for t- participants is the weakness in the shares of LinkedIn. 
The company, which is grouped in the social media landscape, reported better than expected second quarter results, but disappointed investors with its core revenue outlook. Shares of LinkedIn down 8%. There's not a lot behind the back of workers, uh, the workers' wages. Uh, according to the second quarter employment con- cost index, that's the ECI, boring. Wages and salaries increased just two-tenths of a percent versus seven-tenths of a percent increase in the first quarter. Overall employment costs, which also include benefits, spending, rose two-tenths of a percent. That's good for the corporations. It's not so good for the employees. You with me? Um, the big issue is there's not a lot there to stoke a pickup in discretionary spending. When we get raises, we tend to spend wages. When we spend wages, we tend to pick up discretionary spending. So we're not gr- we're growing kind of below potential. That's what it comes down to. It's okay. It's, it's not, in the world of Goldilocks, it's not hot and it's not cold. It's kind of lukewarm. Mm, it's kind of like a lukewarm coffee when you're really looking for a nice, big, fresh hit of hot smoking Joe. And it's like, hmm, it's not cold, but it's blah. Same thing in the U.S. Economic growth concerns are around us. And in the past, when the Federal Reserve has raised interest rates, sometimes it's kind of uh, thrown a wet blanket on the economy. So we have some economic weakness right now. It's not great. It's not bad. It's meh. And then you add in, what's the Federal Reserve going to do? And you're like, Oh, boy, that could really mess things up. Markets come full circle. Um, the SP 500 is up 1.4% for the week. It still has an air about it of not knowing exactly where the hell is it going. Johnny, where the hell are you going? Are you going forward or are you going backwards? Johnny was a little bit spastic, right? So, I don't know. Do, you wanna, do we want to call this a fickle um, stock market? We could. So back to ExxonMobil, their profit. You know, I told you their revenue was down 30-plus percent. Their profit down 52%. Uh, this is the time to buy oil stocks is when they're super, super, super weak. You get opportunities like this. And then, uh, you know, you hope, you don't hope, but I guess you look into the idea of when is oil going to firm back up. And no one's really expecting oil to firm back up in the short term. Midterm, long term, we know we're going to get to $60 a barrel, $70 a barrel, and Exxon will be making a lot more money. But profit at Exxon's exploring and production business fared very, very poorly with a profit of $2 billion, down sharply from $7.9 billion last year. Crude prices have fallen in the quarter 40% from a year earlier. That's pretty brutal. Oil and gas output grew 3.4, 3.6% to 4 million barrels a day. So they're not good numbers. But that's typically when you get the best deals on energy stocks. So, you know, you look at Facebook and you go, man, I wish I would have bought it at 40 when it IPO'd. Or when it dropped down to $18, now it's like 90 You're like, I wish I would have bought it. This is your chance to buy an energy stock super cheap. But you're going to have to be patient. I don't like being patient. I like instant gratification. Tesla's evolving autopilot. Pilot technology is close to getting a key update. The feature makes the Model S cars semi-autonomous. Autopilot-equipped models can detect vehicles and obstacles ahead, read speed limit signs, and detect pedestrians. There's also the 360-degree ultrasonic sonar, 
which monitors the car's uh, periphery and basically allows it to make its own lane changes when you hit the turn signal. So you hit the turn signal and bloop, 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 bloop. Tesla slides right on over for you. That to me isn't a self-driving car yet. That's cool, but it's not a self-driving car yet. So Musk promised some development is going to continue and that more features would come later. So he made good on that promise today. There's an auto steer feature now that will let drivers uh, travel distances on highways without touching any controls at all. He warned there's at least one more wrinkle to sort out first. Uh, final corner case, he says, is dealing with low contrast lane markings, faded, faded white on gray concrete while driving into the sun at dusk. Other cars with lane keeping technologies have the same problem. The car can't stay in its own lane if it can't determine where the lane is. So, uh, Musk and Google, you know, uh, it's going to change. This is just way too dramatic. I was going to say it's going to change the insurance industry, but it's going to be such a slow change that the insurance agency industry will will adapt for sure. But if your current auto insurance is $1,200 a year, it's going to drop down to $200 a year if you have a self-driving car. Because um, you won't be getting into fender benders and stupid things like killing people. Stupid you. Home prices are still rising and the economy is improving, but the ills of the housing crash are far from cured. 7.4 million borrowers are still seriously underwater on their mortgages. So when you hear these uh, mortgage brokers going, you know, hey, buy real estate. It's the greatest thing ever. Hey, buy real estate. It cured my hemorrhoids. Go talk to 7.4 million borrowers who borrowed a lot of money, made that mortgage lender a ton of dough in transaction costs, and they're seriously underwater to the tune of 25%. So on a $400,000 house, they it's worth 300000 and they owe 400 Thank you, mortgage broker who promised me everything. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. You can find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. So music's now being made to get into a commercial. That's how you get noticed these days, and that's how you sell seats to future concerts. Who listens to radio stations anymore? Other than business talk radio stations, right? So which one do you want to talk about first, the good news or the bad news? Do you have a preference? Okay, let's do the bad news first. Okay, last night at the seminar, I was talking about, uh, I own a stock called General Dynamics, which makes weapons that kill people, right? It has a nice dividend. It was a dividend income retirement strategy kind of talk. And at this meeting, I said, they make kind of weapons that kill things like Cecil the Lion. And was that too soon? Now, what if I told you Cecil the Lion killed 150 villagers? You'd be like, I'd shoot him. But because he didn't, you don't say that. And like that's one of the 
testier parts of like investing and it's one of the testier parts of life. It's all about perspective. You hate Wall Street if you have nothing invested. You love it because it rock and rolls. It hits all-time highs seven out of ten years if you do have money in it. But people that tell you, like, mortgage loans are the best way to make money, <laughs> they're, they're on crack cocaine. Best way historically proven is to invest in a diversified portfolio. Is there a place for real estate? Yeah. But historically, real estate underperforms bonds. Bonds underperform stocks. Okay, so I don't really dislike Cecil the Lion. I don't like dolphins. Thank you, Cecil. Now, I don't like dolphins, which I think they're just evil animals that very few people understand. But I'm not going to go there. So General Dynamics makes weapons. That was the whole point of that. So Apple, let's talk bad news first. And music and like what I was trying to get at was like music now is being made for commercials. If you get into a commercials, you have a big hit on your hand. Apple fans are famously dedicated to Apple, right? They camp outside the stores for iPhone launches. They fight the good fight in comment sections around the web. They loyally defend, loyally defend the dead uh, Steve Jobs whenever they can. Apple fan army hasn't exactly taken to the company's new music streaming service. I, I did I did the free trial. And it is complicated. It is not as simple and smooth as Spotify, but it also does a lot more than Spotify. But it's a lot going on. Um, I don't know. When you watch like eight-year-old kids play soccer, they don't know how to hold their position, so they kind of all run to the ball. So it's like eight kids over here, eight, 16 kids over here, eight kids over here. And it's like it's a mess out there. Same thing with Apple Music. Um, people who normally defend Apple, the way like sports fans will defend their football team, they're not doing it. Uh, one of the biggest you know, writers for Apple, uh, a veteran writer named Jim Dalrymple, he writes for The Loop, um, which is named for the campus of Apple that has a big loop in it. He's been covering the company for 17 years. Um, he interviewed executives like Eddie Q and Jimmy Iovine. company only rarely lets its executives do interviews, but with him they have. So he's kind of a lover of Apple. And in his July 22 post, he said, Apple Music is a nightmare and I'm done with it. So a guy who writes lovingly with Apple basically slammed it. Um, in the first few weeks, he gave it a very positive review. And then after it sat in, he gave it a very negative review. He said he was deactivating it from his account and that Apple Music is just too much of a hassle to be bothered with. I just don't care anymore. I just want Apple Music off my devices. So, and this is a guy, again, he loves the product. Just not this product. He loves the company, just not this product. Um, Apple invited him to come to the campus to try to fix the problems. Uh, he had lost music and albums weren't being split up. Apple helped him out, and most of his music returned. The problem wasn't completely fixed, though. Some of the albums that he was getting, like they would be like, uh, I don't know, let's, let's say a U2 album. And it was picking tracks and matching them to that album, but they weren't the original tracks of that album. So like, if I still haven't found what I'm looking for was live guitar or electric guitar, it might have put an acoustic version on. And I can see the great disinterest or the great loss of interest in something like that. Um, so journalists just haven't fallen in love with it. 
and some employees aren't huge fans with it either. Um, and they're going to need to fix it quickly. To me, it's just big and complicated. It's a lot going on. Um, I don't know if you've ever been out with someone who might have like a beard, a really scraggly beard, and then you're like, okay, big scraggly beard. And then like three piercings in his ear. Okay, three piercings in his ear. And then like he takes off his shirt and he's got like three piercings on his breast. And I'm like, okay, 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 okay. Oh, and his hair is uh, purple and red. And uh, underneath there's a lot of tattoos on his skull. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, his fingernails are 14 inches long. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you just, at some point in time, you go, oh, you got a lot going on, bud. Apple's got a lot going on in Apple Music. It's too much right now. And they're probably working pretty hard to figure this out. Because down the road, the phone is important. Down the road, what's going to be critical is services. Now let's do the good Apple story. I just did the bad Apple story. The good Apple story is Apple's going to launch the next generation of its Apple TV set-top box in September. It's going to have a new remote. It's going to sync with Siri. The new Apple TV will have a slimmer chassis and drastically improved remote with a touchpad input. Right now, the whole scrolling through Alphabet is insane. It'll have some increased onboard storage and operating system that'll support Siri. The device will be launched with its own app store and a software development kit for app developers. Apple said it declined to comment on rumors, but the Apple TV has not been refreshed since 2013, so it's due. The iPhone maker was expected to unveil a new version in June, but it got sidetracked. One of the things I'm hearing, which is interesting, this is complete rumor, is that the Apple box, the new Apple TV box, is going to have a high-definition tuner in it so that you can pull local TV stations Uh which we know that you can get free high-definition TV stations, but I'm like, I got cable, or you know, I've got you know, uh, television service from the phone companies. And very few people actually have an antenna on their TV. Uh, I don't know why, but Apple's going to make it maybe, that's the rumor, uh, a, a definitive feature. Uh, and that certainly would be interesting for the quote-unquote cord cutters of the world. Um, so we'll wait, and we'll see. We'll think about it, but uh, let's hope that their Apple TV launch isn't as bad as their Apple Music launch as far as it's got a lot going on, which is, for a company known for simple and easy, uh, it's not pulling it off terribly well. So 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. You can find me online at Rob. Robblack.com is my email or just my website, robblack.com. Um, pick up the phone and give me a call. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. 
joining me now from the International Business Times, ibtimes.com. It's Salvador Rodriguez. How are you, Mr. Rodriguez? Hi, how's it going? It's going well. Tell us a little bit about your background as a writer. Yeah, so I've been covering technology for about three years, and here at the International Business Times, I try to focus on Apple, Google, Yahoo, and tech diversity, but sometimes I uh, wander off and, and cover some interesting startups as well. Let's talk about Yahoo real quick, because obviously talking about Google and Apple, very sexy companies, but Yahoo's kind of fallen on tougher times. Do you think you cover them, and this is a question that may not ring true, because of Marissa Meyer and like how fun and sexy and like she's kind of like a rock star, and if you take her out of the company, I don't think anyone would be talking about Yahoo. Is that fair to say? Um, I don't think it, it's it's completely accurate, but I do okay. think that Marissa brings in more eyeballs Um so I think if she wasn't there, we'd be talking about Yahoo, but I don't think as many people would care. Gotcha. So let's talk about what you've uh, recently written about. You've written an article entitled Meet Quid, a Silicon Valley big data analytics startup that hopes to shake up the 2016 presidential election. I feel that the 2012 and the 2008 elections were um, really the start of, of social media and you know mixing in a presidential candidate. is. Would you say that, you know, 21st century really started about eight years ago? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it seems like right around the turn of the century is um, is when, I mean, I, I don't know how familiar you are with this, but for the longest time, you know, porn was like the biggest pusher of technology, right? Sure. And now it seems like um, since around like the 2000, 2004 election, um, the, the presidential elections have been really big pushers for technology as well. Okay. And let me explain your porn comment because uh... – I get what you're saying. Porn did, you know, Betamax. They did VHS. Um, they did online pay- online payment systems. Uh, they were really disrupting the technology because as a distribution method. Um, is that fair to say? Yeah, they, they kind of dictated who won the Blu-ray HD DVD battle, uh, like about ten years back. Okay. As well. So, in your article, who is Quid and why do we care? So, like I said, one of the companies that I cover is Google, and I recently found out about Quid, which is, you know, some people were comparing it as, like, the, the Google for for looking at things in a, in a, in a big way. Um, and so I went in and I did a demo with Quid, and um, it's this analytics company that really, it takes vast amount of data, and it really pretties it up with these beautiful aesthetics that let you... Um, just see what's going on in, 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 in the bigger trends of the world, like really um, analyze things from a, from a further point of view. Um, and when I was getting this demo, like the first thing that popped into my mind was this seems like something that, uh, that could have an impact on the 2016 election. How is that? I, I understand big data and like following trends and throwing your advertising money at the trends that, you know, obviously are underperforming. Um, but is Quid going to be a product used by both Republicans and Democrats? Um, I think it's going to be used by anyone who wants to gain an edge uh, over their opponent because, for example, if, if you're trying to do a poll, uh, like a, a really good quality poll is going to cost you between 20000 and $40,000, right? Okay. So that's like for a candidate, like I'm assuming, you know, the Jeb Bushes and Hillary Clintons of the world, that's fine. You can do that on a weekly basis. But if you're running maybe a more local race, 
you don't have that much to spend on a weekly basis. Um, Quid is really interesting because it lets you get similar idea of what the public is talking about on a more frequent basis, and the cost is much cheaper. It's just uh, like a $25,000 subscription annually. And I'm seeing one of the angles here is it's got a social monitoring tool. Uh, your article brings up Hillary Clinton, and you know the big buzzword around her recently has been trust. And people are Democrats, and you can identify them, but they want to hear that you know they want to hear from her about why you can trust her. Um, so the social media is out there basically bashing her for lack of trust. And if Hillary gets the message here and uses the data, she'll learn, hey, I should probably give a speech tonight and uh, bring up why I'm so trustworthy. Is that the the bottom line here? Yeah, exactly. That's something that you could use Quid for. And then at the same time, like if Hillary was going, like if if I was on Hillary's campaign, I might check out, you know, what are people saying in the next city that I'm visiting? Because that might be different from the last city that she was at. You know, at the last city, it might be all about trust. Um, And then at the next city, it might be all about immigration or, or, excuse me, or like foreign policy, uh, whatever. But with this kind of tool, the candidate can identify, you know, what's like the topic that I, I need to latch onto right now and really explain so that it will resonate with, uh, with the constituents there. Part of what I've seen in the last few years was that I work in television as well as radio, and election years are fantastic because advertisements, you know, uh, salespeople make a lot of money because people want to run advertisements on TV and radio, but I'm starting to see a lot of that now shift to Facebook. Um, will Quid basically help a company like Facebook, or will Facebook do their own types of projects like Quid is doing to help candidates know where to place and when to place ads? Well, Facebook's a brilliant company, so I'm sure they're thinking of ways to tap into all that, like you said, uh, presidential election, uh, advertising money, but certainly Quid is going to help. Um, for my story, the example that we had was um, Massachusetts Congressman Seth Moulton and, and the campaign he was running last year during the midterms. And basically the way they used Quid was to identify, you know, what were the best stories that were written about him that really resonated with the kind of voters that they were trying to reach. And once they found the best of those stories, they would take that analysis and use it to uh, take those stories and put more social media advertising money behind it and essentially try to push it to as many possible voters as, uh, as they could reach through Facebook. Speaking with Salvador Rodriguez, he writes for the International Business Times. You can find him at ibtimes.com. He's written an article about the race to 2016 through technology. He's introducing us to Quid, Silicon Valley big data analytics company, Quid, have they raised money? Is this a type of company that's going to come public, or is this just a big think tank smart uh, company that doesn't need the money, per se? Oh, I think any um, any interesting company in Silicon Valley has raised quite a bit of money. And yeah, these guys, um, according to their crunch-based data, they've, they've done three rounds of, of funding, and they've now raised over $66 million. So... Uh, even though we're now we're just now barely hearing about them, they've been around since I believe it was they told me 2010. It's just that um, they kind of arrived early to their own game, so they've they've been working 
um, the, the last five years really just developing this technology and, and getting it ready for consumers. And it only arrived about a year ago. So it's, uh, it's, they've, been, they've been here a while, but uh, their product is just now seeing the light of day. Thanks very much. Is there anything else that we need to know about this article, Mr. Rodriguez? Yeah, so basically, I mean, the only other thing I would add is that while Quid might play an important part during the 2016 election, you know, that was just the angle that I used to look at Quid. Really, Quid is a, uh, a really fascinating tool that could be interesting for a lot of other sectors. It's already pretty popular um, in the advertising and consulting sector. So if, if you're someone who, who deals with big data on a regular basis, you know, Quid might be worth checking out. Thanks very much. Salvador Rodriguez with the International Business Times. You can find him at ibtimes.com. It's ibtimes.com. Great source of content, great source of reading material. Uh, Looks good on your iPad. I highly recommend ibtimes.com. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Pick up the phone. Give me a call, 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Chevron's profit plunges on impairments. <clears throat> Shell has problems. Exxon has problems. The price of oil has collapsed. Now, what's interesting to note about this is the price of oil has collapsed, right? <clears throat> so has many commodities. So it's not just oil. So you're not thinking Saudi Arabian fracking. But gold's falling apart, too. And I know a lot of people want gold to do well. You hear commercials about it when there's economic stress out there. Um, But when gold's falling, those commercials go away. They go completely away. They're not telling you how great it is to own it at the bottom. They're telling you how great it is to own it at the top, which is a bad investment strategy more often than not. Now, I don't like gold. I've already told you I don't like dolphins. I don't like Sarah Jessica Parker. What else don't I like? I don't like Samsung. Just I don't like people who have Samsung phones. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Why don't I like gold? Because gold is typically sold to you by... Uh, it's a tough word to throw out because you don't get to use it often in life. Shysters? Um, you don't get to say it often, do you? Uh, and when you do, it, it's kind of got a sting to it. Like, uh-oh. Um, typically, there's a 30% markup to buy and a 30% markup to sell or mark down. And that's how they make their money. It's one of the raunchiest, baddest, worst deals of all time. Um, so today we see gold at 1094 an ounce. Some analysts see gold going as low as $700 an ounce. I don't make predictions like that. I could see it if the dollar continues to strengthen. And all you keep hearing about is the IMF warning of global slowing. What used to be fun and sexy, the Brazil, Russia, India, and China. Only India is really standing at this point in time as far as impressive. Um, India's got the best education system out of them all. I wonder if that means anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't own gold if you paid me. I wouldn't own gold with your money. Um, so maybe if I was Christopher Columbus, yes, but I'm not. I'm Rob Black. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW.
I am Rob Black. Hello, hello, hello. Talking all things financial money, investing, and more. I was just talking with my producer, and uh, we were talking about like being appreciated and or not, and how lonely it could be when like you do a really good job. And like my corporate side of Salem, um, we'll send out a you've been working here five years, four years certificate. And it's a piece of paper that's been uh, photocopied like so many times that it's faded. It's actually offensive. Um, so my advice to everyone today, do a little bit of good networking, do a little bit of good deeds. And uh, tell people that they did a good job. If you like what they do on radio or television, if you like what they do at the office, if your spouse cooks something extra delicious, uh, like I mean... Uh, uh, lettuce wraps the other day that were delicious, delicious, um, with some like spicy pork. Ooh, yum! And it would be nice if someone said, "That's delicious." I know you're saying, "Man, you're having a, a you need you need a vacation." <laughs> no, I don't. I really don't. But appreciate you thinking about that for me. Eight hundred five one six twelve twenty to get your calls on the air. It's eight hundred five one six twelve twenty to get your calls on the air. Comcast struck a deal with Verizon in two thousand eleven, giving it the right to sell wireless service using the carrier's network at set terms and pricing. But the deal's looking kind of dated, and it's really never gone anywhere. I know when you're thinking uh, Comcast, you think cable, but uh, there's more to it than just that, and it never really went anywhere. So. The rate hike cometh. A lot of people don't like the Federal Reserve. Like, I'll probably go as far as say people like Glenn Beck, who have their chip, who has a chip on their shoulder against anything government. Um, even if it's good, still doesn't like the government side of it. But the Federal Reserve this year is going to lift its benchmark lending rate for the first time in almost a decade. What's interesting to note is there's other lending rates that automatically go up and down based on supply and demand. So we're looking at what the market may look into, what's called a taper tantrum, where the Fed starts raising rates and the bond market just doesn't like it, and it doesn't respond well to it, and it ends up hurting people. Um, the Fed could still blink in the face of international headwinds. that We're seeing you know, worldwide growth slow down. We're seeing the IMF warn the International Monetary Fund, Christine Lagarde, Kind of looks like a, like a Bond villain. She's kind of got that vibe going where she's kind of so cool and collected. She could be played by Helen Mirren. Um, and she, on the outside, she's super nice, but on the inside, she, she eats dolphins. Um, so it's interesting to note that like the mortgage market will, could police itself. It doesn't need the government. If the mortgage market wants to make money, they're going to make loans, right? And... In theory, this is like, let's say it's you and your uncle, you know, you could loan money to your uncle and let's say he doesn't pay you back. You're not going to loan money to him again. So it'll police itself. It doesn't need the government saying, okay, well, if you're going to make a loan to your uncle, then you have to qualify on these 12 standards. Businesses would learn on their own. They don't need the Federal Reserve to do this for them. And risk would automatically adjust to appropriate levels. Now, that's kind of where it gets kind of tricky. Uh, we don't let that happen. So a lot of people don't like the Fed, and they think it's an outdated institution. Just throwing it out there for you. 
Labor costs in the second quarter recorded their smallest increase in 33 years amid tepid gains in the private sector, but it was a temporary setback against the backdrop of diminishing the labor market slack. The U.S. employment cost, smallest increase on record. That's not good if you're a worker. So just between you and me, wages and salaries account for 70% of employment costs, rose two-tenths of a percent in the second quarter. Uh, private sector wages and salaries rose two-tenths of a percent. So it's the smallest increase. Um, kind of crazy. U.S. home prices we saw um, rose about 4.9%, but month to month it's starting to really slow. So a lot of people feel that housing is probably going to hit a peak right around the same time when interest rates start moving higher. Now here's the damnation game about that. Interest rates are really low. Let's say you went to like Santa Barbara this weekend and you have a great time and you and your honey say, we would really, really want to own a second house here. Housing costs are expensive, right? Renters are at an all-time high. Homeownership's at a low. Not all-time low, but pretty close to it in the United States. Let's say you find a great place in Santa Barbara. You may be paying an all-time high for it, but you're also getting a pretty good mortgage rate for it. And a year from now, it may be 5% off its all-time high, but the mortgage rate's not going to be as good. And two years from now, it may be 10% off its all-time high, but it's going to be a raunchy interest rate, maybe. And I'm, I'm using the wrong time limits. It may be four years from now kind of thing. Um, so just throwing it out there. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. You should go check up in the attic if you had a son who loved baseball and collected baseball cards. Uh, some of them are still going for egregious amounts of money. The problem is none of them in the last 50 years are going for egregious amounts of money. So it wouldn't be your grand, it wouldn't be your kids' uh, baseball cards that are upstairs. It would be like granddad's baseball cards. Uh, there's a pre-Civil War. I know, did he just say that? Pre-Civil War baseball card from 1860. Um, going for $179,000 right now at auction. Auction featured a variety of collectibles, uh, including New York Yankees game jersey worn by Mickey Mantle that went for $322,000. Shoes worn by Muhammad Ali for the Thrilla in Manila. So the shoes that Muhammad Ali wore in 1975 going for $119,000. Is that not the most ridiculous thing? You could have my shoes for, eh, I'll do a, a liter of beer. Is that fair? I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Tweet me, Rob Black Show. YouTube me, Rob Black Show. Um, if you have some content you want to throw in today, open mic. Call 800-516-1220. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.